Hello and welcome or welcome back to Fancy a Brother podcast. I'm your host, Kirsty Taylor. Today we are chatting to Ali Hachimsa all about working in the film industry. But for now, we're going to hop into our intro. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, it feels so good to podcast. I actually hasn't been that long since I last did it, but sometimes just really in the mood for it. I have a lot to say. Been, been, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm excited to record today. So um, life updates. I feel like I haven't updated in, in a minute. Um, I'm actually recording this on the 17th. So tomorrow, back to work after a two-week break. Um, I'm kind of nervous. Like I'm excited to be back at work and see everyone, but I don't know. Like I've only been gone to, we've all been off for two weeks, not just me. Like, everyone's just been on holiday for two weeks, but I'm nervous to go back and I don't really know why. I think it's just like one of those things, just like a change of routine, isn't it? And shifting back into that routine and focusing on being healthy and prioritizing myself. That's a, that's a, that's a whole solo episode right there though. So um, updates, updates. So my two week break was lovely. I did so much reading, very excited. My, um, what I'm engaging with right now is another book. Um, surprise, surprise. I'm really on a reading grind right now and I'm loving it every second of it. I like wake up and want to read. I go to bed and want to read. Um, I don't know. I just really like the books I'm reading at the moment, which is good because I had one where I was really struggling during the holidays. I, I'm one of those people, if I start, I've got to finish it. So, which is not always a good quality, I may add. So I spent the holidays. Um, so I kind of did a little bit of a lot of like random things. So I had a little staycation in a wagon um, near Melrose in the borders of Scotland, which was so much fun. The wagon was amazing. It's called Roulette Retreat. Um, and I highly, highly recommend it to anyone. I had a great time. There's cooking facilities and everything. It was pretty warm in the wagon. And then one of the days it was just so rainy. So I basically spent the whole day in the wagon with the fire on reading. And it was oh, <laughs> was the best thing of all time. How embarrassing is that to say? But it's true. I really enjoyed that. And um, then I kind of did a little bit of a busier thing and went to Edinburgh and went out for dinner for my mum's 60th. Happy birthday, mum, or happy belated birthday, mum, if you're listening. It was really fun. Met up with um, a bunch of different friends in Edinburgh and just really spent time in my favourite place on earth, which in case you haven't guessed, is Edinburgh. I just had the best time in Edinburgh. I love it so much. And every time I'm not there, I miss it. So was great and then spent a couple of days at home met some friends at home um hung out with the neighbor's cat um and had a lovely time and just been like restful and relaxing and everything I ever needed so that is um that's kind of the life updates for now as far as I can think of I can't think of anything else so yeah so this week my small wonder of the week we're staying on the autumn cozy theme is that the trees are starting to change there is some trees near my flat that um have started to change like a red color and it's gorgeous it's i mm, i'm really autumn and winter like my favorite seasons but actually i think autumn might be my favorite and winter my second favorite because i feel like maybe only winter is my favorite because or what I would say it was my favorite because my birthday's in it, but actually I think it's autumn. I just love cozy season. If that wasn't clear for our Instagram feed, which is at, at Fancy Blather, if you want to check it out, I'm all about coziness and like 
Hegi or Kuri or whatever you want to call it, depending where you're from. Um, I used to live for, for cozy times. That is, um, that's my small wonder of the week. So what I'm engaging with this week, I have been reading The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And I have, I'm nearly done. I think I might finish it tonight. And this book, I cannot get enough of it. It's so cleverly written. It's so well done. It's so impressive. And we've got about 100 pages left, I think. I started it maybe two days ago. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I even though I've been trying to get everything ready to go back to work, I can't stop reading this book. So good. So I have been reading that. The other thing I probably should give an honourable mention is I have been watching You, season three. It's a hard one to watch when you live alone because it's... um. It's not something you really like to watch late at night by yourself. So I've been trying to watch it during the day. I'm actually nearly done. I've got two episodes left, which is bad because I started it recently. But oh well, I've been having to do a lot of laminating and cutting. So I like to watch TV when I do that. Um, and I'm really here for the season. It's very well done. A little bit predictable at some points, but no, I like it. But it's, it's not it's not the vanishing half, which is what I'm really all about at the moment. So yeah, that is what I've been engaging with this week. So for our small business spotlight this week or our business of the week or whatever you want to call it, um, I want to shout out this, this brand that I found or this business that I found on Instagram called For All Things Creative and it's a design studio and they have the most aesthetically pleasing posts. So um, if you don't follow them, I highly recommend it. Like all their posts are Pinterest board worthy. And they sell prints, posters, and calendars. Personally, I really am loving their calendars. I think I'm gonna to have to get myself one for the next year, as um I don't really need one at the moment. And I there some of their prints that I really like, especially the ones that are maps of places in Scotland, because I've always loved the idea of like having maps of places, but it's so hard to find more niche places because they just have like the usual, you know, like London, Paris, Rome, blah 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 but not like where you necessarily want. So yeah, for all things creative and they are for.all.things.creative on Instagram and you find their shop link in their bio. So that is, um, that's our small business for the week. And our poem for this week was picked by Ali, our guest, and um, it's called The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. It's quite a well-known poem, but um. I'm going to read it anyway. For those of you that don't know it Ed, or don't even know Edgar Allan Poe, you, I highly recommend checking him out. But yeah, so it's The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. The Raven. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone genu- gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly, I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor." Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, for my book surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Nameless here forevermore.
and the silken sad uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to the still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping. And so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door. I was scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into the darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what, what thereat is and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment and this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter when... With many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obedience made he, not a minute stopped or stay he, but with mine of lord or lady, perched above my chambered door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chambered door, perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fantasy fancy into smiling by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lord name is on the night's pollution shore, quoth the raven nevermore. Much I marvelled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore, for we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured beast bust above his chamber door with such name as nevermore. Okay, so I'm going to leave it at that for now. If you want to read the le the rest, sorry, I had to sneeze. If you want to read the rest of the poem, you can head to the link. I'll have in the show notes for the whole poem from um, Poetry Foundation, which is where you can check out loads of cool poems for free. But yeah, I'm going to leave it there as um, otherwise it might take our whole episode. Okay, so I'm hopping in here to let you know about our charity of the week for this week. 
So our charity of the week for this week is the LGBT Youth Scotland, which is all about making Scotland the best place to grow up for LGBTI young people. Um, so there's lots of different ways you can get involved, whether that's making a donation, chatting to them if you if that is something that you need, finding groups and services in your area. You can read about how the charity has had a positive impact on young people's lives. You can get involved with events and fundraising and you can find them at lgbtyouth.org.uk. And of course, if you would rather support something more local, absolutely go ahead and do it. Most places I would imagine do have some form of LGBTQ plus um, representation or charity. So you could check them out there. So like I said, it's LGBT Youth Scotland, which is lgbtyouth.org.uk. Let's jump back into the episode. Okay, so we are now going to be chatting with Ali Khakamsa. Ali is a writer slash director from Iran. He has two podcasts. One of them is called The Last Thoughts of a Busy Mind and the other is a podcast that he does with a friend called Yasp and he also has a YouTube channel called AK88 Studios. Hello Ali and welcome to Fancy Leather Podcast. It is so lovely to have you here with us today. How are you? Well, thank you for having me. I'm okay. I, I it's in the mo- it's uh, eleven in the morning. I've had my breakfast and I'm mm-hmm. ready to jump into it. Amazing, perfect. So the first question we like to la- ask our guests every week is, "What is your small wonder of the week?" So it's just something that you've really enjoyed recently, or like taken for maybe you've taken for granted in the past or something you're grateful for and it doesn't have to actually be something small that's just a phrase that we like to use well uh just a quick uh i don't know regional lesson i i where i'm from in iran it's the beginning of the week so i'm going to talk about last week okay no problem (laughs) yeah the week starts here from saturday but okay uh, interesting yeah it's uh for us, we don't hate Mondays, we hate Saturdays. <laughs> uh, but my wonder for the week has been, oddly enough, a video game that I've played quite a while ago, but I've been replaying and just, uh, I don't know if this is a word, but re-falling in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Warcraft 3. Uh, okay. I've played it a lot when I was a younger child, like 12. And I've been playing it in the last week, and it just reminded me what a how good a video game can like make you feel about the characters. Even a game as old as Warcraft, which is like from two thousands. Okay, cool, amazing. Yeah. So, have you had moments in your twenties where you have been surviving rather than thriving, and how did you overcome those times? Well, uh, I'd argue it's been all of my 20s and many of my 10s. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But one specific moment was actually it's uh, two years ago. Like it was Mm -hmm. in uh, October of 2019. Mm -hmm. I had a very, very 
very bad bout uh, with depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, it, it meant like uh, staying in my bed all day, watching Frasier, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, sitcom, and just basically trying to reach the other day without uh, hurting myself, basically. Just, okay, mm-hmm. let's go. Let's go another day. Let's see what will happening. And it was a culmination of a lot of different things from the last uh, six months of it. Uh, because again, uh, I mean, Iran, our new year starts in March, not in yeah. January. Yeah, and Nowruz is in March. And after that, I was having a few issues and it just uh, culminated with the death of a friend. Then my grandfather died and then mm-hmm. a whole relationship I had uh, collapsed and I was just destroyed. And the way I sort of uh, combat that was, A, the thing that always helps me, movies, movies really, really uh, got me through. But besides that, uh, I just found a little bit more about myself. Like I realized uh, a lot of the stuff that was making me feel bad and try to address them for the first time in my life i was like okay let's see why am i always feeling trapped why am i feeling always uh, like i'm lying to myself let's see wh- where those come from and that that really helped and i'm not saying i'm 100% okay because i'm not but i'm like 80% better than i was amazing uh, Thanks. And that basically came from that. And hobbies also helped. I made a foam house and that was just like making therapy. (laughs) Perfect. So have you always been interested in filmmaking? And also where did that interest kind of stem from? Where did it all begin for you? Well, uh, oddly enough, no, I haven't always been interested in filmmaking. I've always been interested in storytelling. Uh-huh. That was the main interest. Uh, and I always had it. I don't remember where it exactly it came from, but my earliest memories always have, like, I've always been interested in storytelling. Uh, at first, I wanted to be a historian because I realized history is basically like a story. It has villains and heroes based on your point of view and uh, weird events, then I realized, no, fiction is much better because, well, you don't have to be true to <laughs> real life. You can just make like Lord of the Rings, one of my favorite books of all time, or Bram Stoker's Dracula. You can have mm-hmm. vampires. You don't have to have like Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> and then, uh, then I watched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and I realized, no, I want to make movies. I don't want to write. I want to make movies because the way a movie can talk to you is just uh, unmatchable. I don't think any other forms of art can do what movies can. Nice, cool. Have, oh no, sorry. Can you explain the process of making a film? So how does it all begin and what are the steps, I suppose, to get it to the final stage? Well, it well uh to be honest it's a bit of a bit of an issue compared to other forms of art because movies are not a solitary art nobody can make a movie all on themselves you need to have a group and based on that group it depends if you are a writer basically 
like any novelist. You just have an idea for a story, for characters, and how they interact, and you write them in a script. And but if you're if you're the director, and let's uh, imagine in this case uh, you've written the script yourself, you're the writer and the director. You have to now visualize it. You have to say, okay, all of these moments. I need to visualize them. I need to find a cohesive theme in them. I know it sounds a bit like uh, a technical uh, mumbo jumbo, but it's really easy. The best example of it is uh, you see that my movie is like uh, about, uh, for example, about character growth. And I think a fluid motion is really good in that. So I tell my camera to keep moving and maybe I use handheld camera. All of that is in the pre-production phase. Then you reach the production phase, which is the most expensive part of the movie. <laughs> and uh, you put actors in front of the camera, you record everything. Uh, it's also usually, if you're doing it right, the shortest period of the movie. Because everything you, the moment you turn on the camera, you're wasting money. So everything you need to do in pre-production, like. Uh, training and uh, rehearsing, all of that. And then afterward, there's the post-production, which is the editing and uh, color correction. If you have visual effects, you add them there. But uh, as I said, it's a work of a group. So like it's a work of a collective. So based on which part of that collective you occupy, uh, it's going to be a little bit different. Sometimes you're just the director, so you have to read someone else's story mm -hmm. and change it based on your own <laughs> uh, interests, which I, I, I'm, I'm not uh, uh, ashamed to say. I've done a couple of times, and I, I've, I've gone in hot water with writers, but you know, <laughs> basically at the end of the day, the director is the dictator of the movie, and whatever he says goes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So what's the difference between films and other forms of art and what are the advantages and disadvantages that this description brings? Uh, well, part of it, as I mentioned, is the fact that movies are a collective form of art. So you can't do it alone. Uh, you can't be a painter alone. You can't be a poet alone. You can't be a musician, even a musician alone but you cannot become a filmmaker by yourself because even if you become a jack of all trades, which is something I highly, highly, highly recommend you don't do because it's, it's going to end up bad, uh, is that at some point you need to have people in front of the camera. <laughs> so you need actors, you need set designers, you need uh, ed editors, you need cameraman. Uh, and... Uh, that's the biggest both advantage and disadvantage. It's an advantage because it's a collective. So it's all of these different ideas coming together. And so usually they can have a lot of different perspectives that maybe if you are writing a novel, you don't have. But when you're making a movie, for example, you're writing a, uh, you're making a movie with a lot of special effects. So then you have the perspective of a special effect uh, coordinator and maybe that special effect coordinator is an artist of his own right and so he brings a different artistic value to your work for example i think uh, there is a reason why we like movies like john wick uh, which 
recently have become very popular is because of the choreography. And it's an art form in and of itself, something that if you're writing a novel, you basically just write the story. You don't have that sort of artistic value. So it's a combination of a lot of different arts. And that is also its disadvantage because unlike other forms of art, it's an art form that is highly industrial. You are relying more on the movie industry than you are in almost all other uh, art forms. And uh, it's, it's a problem because it gives uh, more influence to people who basically control the industry. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So why does Western cinema seem to never go out of style? even though it's one of the earliest cinema-specific genres to appear? Well, um, it's, it's oddly enough because it's the first cinema-specific genre to appear that it's not going in a good style. Uh, because um, Westerns, Western cinema, in, in their core, are about struggle. A person struggle to retain individuality when it's clashed with the culture. Now, based on when which part of cinema history you're talking about, that struggle has a different shape. In the uh, classical westerns, that struggle is against modernism. In spaghetti westerns, that is against morality. In modern westerns, it's against the past. So. Uh, since as long as there are people and uh, they are living together, there is going to be struggles and there are going to be uh, the clash between individuality, collectivism, and culture. All of them will be clashing. So the Western genre has the ability to adapt itself. Like in 1960s, the Western genre was supposed to go out of style because it's a very old way of looking at movies. But then came spaghetti westerns and says, no, we just make the hero, for uh, forgive my French, an asshole. Like <laughs> we make the hero an asshole and it's it's all gonna be okay. And it was, it because then we have like uh, the, man, the, the man with no name, which was, it, he wasn't a good guy <laughs> and so it's a genre that almost unlike any other genre can adapt itself. And even nowadays with the comic comic book movies becoming so big, uh, the, tw the 2017 movie Logan is basically a Western. And it's because the struggle is there. You just have to coat it with a new coat of paint. Ah, okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. I think that, and the struggle will always be there as well when it's... <laughs> It's yeah. not going anywhere. So what areas of yeah. filmmaking hold the most importance in specific genres? Or in well, uh, depends on the, um, it depends on the genre, but uh, it's one of the things that people, at least in Iran, don't really uh, hold in high value, which it's very sad for me. Um, but for example, audio in horror movies is much more important than sometimes even the visual. Uh, in, on the other hand, the visual and the epicness of the scenery in Western cinema is much higher than, uh, for example, um, urban dramas. So mm -hmm. 
based on your genre, you need to have a good understanding of what area you need to keep focus on. Like this big, epic, um, boisterous thing, it's not going to be as effective as a movie that has a really good audio. Some of the best horror movies of all time really don't have that much grand visuals. The Exorcist, Halloween, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're more about the moments of you, basically you hear the movie more than you see it. You hear the footsteps, you hear the tubular bells from The Exorcist. So if you don't know that, and it's something that at least from my circle of friends, from other filmmakers I've seen, it's something that I think comes from a lack of interest in the history of the genre, mm. because when you look at it, it's all there. It's it's telling you what you need to make a good one of it. And then the the ones that are made still that are, again, uh, breathtaking, are the ones that use them. For example, one of the recent ones I saw is a classical Western, News of the World, uh, with Tom Hanks, which was from 2020. It's a classical person and it knows how to use the visuals. It knows it needs to show a big, empty uh, well, uh, um, I'm sorry, English is my second language. It's okay. <laughs> it, <laughs> it needs to give you a moment of pause. You need to be, oh, uh, what am I looking at? And uh, yeah, that that's um, that's the interesting parts that can really help elevate your movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's always so interesting if you were to watch a horror film on mute for a little while, it completely changes the yeah. atmosphere. And that's like a great way to teach people the importance of the audio, because when it is on mute, you it's like it's like watching something completely different so i think that's a great a great example of when something really does matter and when the soundtrack makes such a big difference to the way that a film is perceived because if it was a silent film it just it just wouldn't work so i think you know that's a, a exactly. great point so what is a Thanks. cult film and how does a cult film get made well a cult film is basically a movie that has garnered a following. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to be in the know about it. Um, they are not usually the best movies out there. I know a lot of people will probably disagree with me. But, for example, a, a great movie is The Godfather. You don't need to know anything in order to watch The Godfather and just be, okay. But an uh, example of a cult the Hammer Horror movie, Horror of Dracula, which was 1958. And you need to be in the know. You need to know what did Hammer do and the time period when it came out. And on top of that, you need to be interested in that sort of atmosphere. So basically, it's a movie that has a following. Now, how do they get made is kind of a tricky question because of the big, biggest... Uh, cult movies, The Big Lebowski, The Room, uh, again, the Hammer movies, they didn't, uh, they weren't made in order to become cult movies. They just gathered a cult. But basically, if you want to make a cult movie, you need to find that 
niche. You need to find what is that nobody else is doing. I'm going to do that. A great example of it is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. It's a movie that and nobody else is going to make in 1970s but they made it and it became a cult movie people became sort of followers of this really so to to an outsider it doesn't make sense if you're in the cult you know that it's going to make sense <laughs> it's basically following a big charismatic who is uh showing you for like uh, comes back every two hours and sa- says the same stuff over and over again <laughs> perfect so what is your favorite film and why well uh it's the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> from Sergio Lina. it's the movie that made me love cinema and uh, The reason I love it is uh, I think all of us in our own way want something different from movies like any other form of art. I want storytelling, good editing and good music and good acting. All of these are very important to me. And the good, the bad and the ugly has all of them in my opinion to like turn out of them. The editing is masterful. The storytelling is really good. And the music is perhaps one of the best soundtracks ever written by the late Ennio Morricone. And the direction is amazing. And so all of the stuff that I want from a movie are very high in this. Now, I understand in a lot of other areas, it falls short. Mm. I argue that it had enough of it, but uh, so yeah, I, for me, this is, this is the perfect movie. This is the movie I wish I can make. Okay. So it's, it's got to have kind of all the different elements that are like the cinematography and stuff are important to you, which is, I agree. I feel the same. My favorite yeah. film of all time is um, A Trip to the Moon. It's, it's a short by George oh. Melier is it's like an old yeah very old it's like a it's most people don't know what it is when i say but that is because it uh, just did so much for its time uh it's if, if you see movie hugo i i learned from it yes, from that movie, that and then film. i went and watched it yeah, yeah. martin escocese's least bloodiest movie <laughs> Yeah, I love Hugo is one of my favorite films as well, because I just love yeah. French cinema. It's really interesting to me. Um, amazing. So mm. if you had, t- no, sorry, it's a good question. What are some of your thriving moments from your 20s so far? Well, um, to be honest, one of them happened before I was 20, but it sort okay. of dragged itself okay. out. It needs a little bit of a backstory for that, I'm sorry, okay. but uh, Iranian educational system is a mess. And uh, basically, when you're in your high school, you sort of choose a major. You say, I'm yeah. either going to uh, study math or uh, I don't know how to medicine or uh, uh, I don't know how to third one but it's management and philosophy language and not really it does involve language okay. but it's like human science okay they, they call okay. it 
human science. Okay. And uh, I chose math and uh, I followed through until my third year of high school. And then I changed majors and uh, studied art. Mm -hmm. And getting into a university to study cinema was one of the biggest things in my life. And it dragged itself way until... uh, Earlier this year, like uh, March of 2021, I graduated with a bachelor's degree. And uh, that, thanks. And that was one of the biggest uh, moments of my life. And even though the the educational system itself wasn't very helpful, but I met a lot of people who wanted to also be filmmakers. And I made a lot of good friends. I learned a lot of different perspectives. I watched a lot of movies that otherwise I would have missed. And that is that is the most thriving thing in my 20s. The other thing is um, I became more outgoing. Uh, I was very, very, very uh, reclusive as a child. Uh, my my parents divorced when I was five, so I spent mm-hmm. most of my time home alone, and I sort of got used to it. But in my twenties, uh, due to a relationship, I uh, I decided no, I need to I need to go out. I need to be more outgoing. I need to show myself to other people, and that really helped me. I again, I met a lot of great people. I had a lot of good friends. I reconnected with a lot of friends that are currently uh, very dear to me. And again, learned a lot about myself. So those two are some of the biggest uh, high points of my 20s. I, I'm hoping I'm, I'm 24 uh, now. Yeah, and I'm so you've got hoping, more to come. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping there is more to it. But if it's not, uh, and I'm like this, I think I had a good enough experience so far. Nice, perfect. So if you had to sum up your 20s so far in three words, what would they be? In uh, three words, it would be lonely, but not. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, I love it. Perfect. Um, So a little bit of rapid fire. Who is your favorite director right now? Uh, currently, the alive one is Tim Burton. I love okay. the man. Nice. Um, your favorite book right now? Uh, Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. I'm rereading it and Ooh, I, okay. I love this book. Yeah. Favorite podcast right now? Uh, it's it's going to sound like a cliche, but it's Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I love okay. Conan and <laughs> I love that podcast. Perfect. Um, cinema or film at home? Definitely cinema. If the movie is made for cinema, it definitely needs to be seen on the silver screen. And then old or new cinema? I'm a 1960s fan. I'm an old okay, cinema so guy. Old cinema. <laughs> nice. Perfect. So where can our listeners find you? So shout yourself out. Well, uh, I do have a youtube channel Mm -hmm. called ak88 studios uh i'm releasing videos on there i'm actually editing the second one as we speak uh and you can find me there i do have two podcasts one is yasp y-a-s-p uh short for yet another shitty podcast which i have with my (laughs) friend it's a great name uh (laughs) thanks 
And we talk about nerdy stuff, TV shows and video games. Uh, the new episode of that is going to come out pretty soon. We've got, we are in our second season. And I have an audio journal called The Last Thoughts of a Busy Mind. Um, you can find all these two in any platform that you listen to podcasts, by the way. Uh, and The Last Thoughts of a Busy Mind is me talking for 20 minutes every Friday. And it's in a, it's in its fourth season right now. Uh, I've done 50 episodes. This past Amazing. Friday, I released the 50th episode. And uh, Congratulations. Well, I, these are basically my main ones. And thank you so much. <laughs> Perfect. And I will have that everything linked in the show notes. So everyone listening at home, you can just head to the show notes to find everything. So make it super easy for you. And the final question we like to end every week on is what have you been engaging with this week? So it's just something that you've been loving recently, a film, a book, a podcast, a breathing technique, a exercise class, anything at all. Well, I've talked about Warcraft, but yeah. besides that, that's an old thing. I just revisited it. Okay. It might sound very stupid, but very recently I found a very special drink that I like. It's okay. a... Uh, <laughs> It's a fizzy soda uh, from an Iranian company, and the flavor is written as cactus flavored. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's an odd uh, feel. It tastes a little bit like cough syrup, but in a good way. <laughs> okay, I get you. I'm with you. Yeah, and um, I've had a few of my favorite drinks discontinued over the years in Iran, but this is kind of a new one i've had like sadly i need to admit i've had like three bottles so far three one and a half liter <laughs> bottles <laughs> perfect well thank you so much for coming on this week i it was lovely to chat to you and for everyone at home as i said before everything that we've mentioned will be linked in the show notes so you can check it all out there and have a good week everyone Thank you. Bye. That is the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please do tune in next week for an episode of Small Talk with Naomi and then I'll be back the week after with a guest. You want to follow along with all things fab, you can head to Instagram at Fancy Blather. Check out our website, fancyblather.com. Join our Facebook group, Muddling Through Our 20s, which is always linked in our show notes. Every other thing that was mentioned during the episode will also be linked in the show notes. And please do leave a review, follow slash subscribe and tell your friends. Repost when you're listening to episodes. We love to see people listening. Tag us in it. And um, yeah, have a good week, everyone. And I'll chat to you next week. Bye.